Hey there, everyone. This is Alan Fine, and I'm here with Juan Carlo Avia, who is the expedition leader on National Geographic Endeavor 2. We are in the Galapagos, and we're going to find out what an expedition leader does and all the adventures we had here on Insider Travel Report. So what exactly does an expedition leader do? The expedition leader, well first uh, is also a naturalist uh, guide uh, in the field, knows about the islands and uh, knows what to do uh, in the field. Besides that you have to know the organization, the management on board uh, to put activities together, sort of curator and uh, do this in the best way that uh, guests will be more than satisfied with uh, what we do inside and outside the ship. But it doesn't hurt to be a part of the uh, culture and to have grown up nearby. Tell us about yourself. Well, it's a, a privilege to me to have been raised in the Galapagos Islands and uh, to join this uh, amazing uh, team, uh, this company, Lindblad National Geographic in the Galapagos Islands. And uh, I grew up here. I've been in the Galapagos Islands since uh, the time when we had electricity for some few hours a day until the time when we had it 24-7 uh, until the time when we got television and right now we have internet and we're connected with the world. We know what happens all around us. What a difference. What's required? What's the course of study to become uh, a naturalist in uh, Ecuador and in the Galapagos? It's quite special because uh, first you have to be a permanent resident of the Galapagos Islands. Uh, of course, in my case, uh, I am. Uh, we came to the Galapagos uh, in 1989 a long time ago, and uh, the National Park, the institution that uh, takes care of this uh, heritage, I mean, takes care of this land, is the one that uh, organizes this uh, training together with other institutions that provide uh, teachers and science, so then in the field we can, uh, uh, we can do what uh, you have seen us uh, doing and hopefully you are, you are having a great time on these islands. And what I'm hearing from the other naturalists is that um, once they get certified, and they have to be certified before they can even uh, have a job like that's this, correct. then they then they are excited to see who's going to hire them. Exactly. Uh, you are trained, you are certified, but still you lack a lot of uh, knowledge, a lot of skills to manage people, to put them together, to ignite their interest, to connect them with nature, and that's something you learn little by little over time, and uh, this will also uh, dictate at the end whether you find a job or not. Once a uh, naturalist is certified, they look for employment, um, what attracts them to Limblad? There are uh, several reasons. Uh, Limblad Expeditions is a big uh, company in terms of uh, name and traditions and, history. and the legacy, of course, the history, because uh, this company has been involved with the conservation institutions and conservation work since the very beginning of the Galapagos National Park. And if you as a guide 
know that uh, the first park officers were in the payroll of uh, Lars Eric Lindblad, the father of our founder, uh, you want to be part of that team. You want to be part of that legacy. And you want to join this team and explore the world with them. And you feel like that's the way to go in terms of conservation and feeling proud of uh, what you do in this region. Let's go over the uh, places that we visited this voyage, starting with... Española Island. Española is uh, one of the jewels in the Galapagos. It's uh, the oldest island. Uh, it has a number of uh, creatures that are endemic to the island and also uh, iconic ones such as the waved albatross. We went for this walk along these uh, rocky cliffs. Uh, you saw them taking off and uh, possibly doing the courtship. That can be an amazing experience as this is the only species of albatross that inhabits the tropical regions. We also saw um, some blue-footed boobies and their mating. Yes, uh, this is the cool season in the Galapagos. This is the breeding season. So a lot of the birds are in their uh, courtship display and also in the breeding season. So you will certainly see some eggs, some babies as you explore these uh, seabird colonies. We enjoyed the eau de iguana. Well, they do have their hygiene standards, but uh, still a little bit stinky, but we like them. Um, oh, of course, the, the sea lions. The sea lions, yes. In fact, uh, we were charged by one. Uh, it happens, yeah. Either a baby may come curious to you to sniff at your feet, or sea lions are territorial, and sometimes uh, you see guests running uh, and the sea lion behind them. Yeah, one of the common things in the Galapagos Islands. <laughs> right. Let's move on now. Um, where do we go next? Uh, the next island is uh, Floriana, an island that is amazing because of the human history. It's a place that uh, has the famous post office barrel that was placed there at the beginning of the whaling era in the Galapagos Islands in the late 1700s. Right, right. This was the way how these uh, early voyagers communicated, uh, how they told their relatives that they were already in the Pacific, that they were doing fine and they were about to head to the whaling grounds. So it's been important and it is still important and believe it or not it still works without a stamp well we did that all of us uh, we took postcards to deliver and we left postcards to be delivered yes and uh, i've left the postcards also to my family and believe me they have reached the the nearest island which is santa cruz which is the place i live okay um what else do we do there did we uh we did some uh, kayaking and some some standing uh, boards what do we do there Floriana is an island that can offer so many opportunities uh, to explore, to go on shore, to learn, uh, to see, to take uh, photographs and uh, snorkeling in these uh, crystal clear waters with sea lions. For some uh, guests, I think it was the first time they had access to these uh, creatures and uh, certainly they fell in love uh, with them. Is this where we also had the glass bottom boat? Yes, we also had the glass bottom boat activity for guests that uh, don't want to get wet or the ones that don't want to uh, go and uh, snorkel. Wait, wait, they have I, the opportunity. I, no, I'm going to say this because I snorkeled the day before. What, what I got out of that was I was able to hear a naturalist narrate. And so people who were snorkeling just saw fish, but I heard about them. Also, I watched the drama on the shore, and we saw a, a teen uh, uh, sea lion trying to horn in on the female and family. <laughs> yeah, it, it happens very often. These uh, young sea lions, or let's call them sort of teenagers, uh, they are uh, attaining sexual maturity, and they are... Uh, 
sometimes a pain they harass uh, females in the colony but it happens as long as the dominant male the one we know as the beach master is not there once he arrives he puts things in order and he chases uh, any intruder away but the, the point here is that uh, at whatever your skill level is whatever your health and ability to to uh, uh, be mobile th there's a a an excursion for you and so uh, not to belittle the glass bottom boat there was so much to be seen there and then um, we all came back and what do we do in the afternoon yeah in the afternoon we deploy the zodiacs for uh, zodiac rides uh, kayaks and paddle boards yeah all sorts of uh, uh, energy intensity activities and also for uh, different ages believe me uh, we get guests from uh, uh, children to grandparents and they all have their activities. If mm -hmm. the grandparents don't want to go uh, snorkeling, they have the glass bottom boat and they can enjoy the narration right. from the naturalists. Exactly. The ones that want uh, more uh, um, exercise, they can choose paddle boarding, they can choose uh, snorkeling, they can do every activity is written on the daily program right right and i was I, I loved the fact that bay was so calm and we saw the uh, the turtles poking their head up yes 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 every place every place uh, is uh, teeming with life for instance you may be heading to this uh, beach on the zodiac and all you see at the distance are black rocks but once you are close those rocks are full of crabs and once you're on the kayak you will see that the sea turtles are underneath you or the sea lions are inviting you to play yeah it's, it's a fascinating experience i thought i'd seen all your equipment and then when i saw the glass bottom boat i go well where did that come from <laughs> that was also on the endeavor too yes we carry with us everything we need to improve the experience of the guests from the zodiacs the paddle boards the kayaks the glass bottom boat all of them all these items are stored on top of the ship okay so where do we go to next next we move to santa cruz island uh -huh. this is the place where we have the icon of the galapagos the creatures that gave the name to these islands the giant tortoises mm -hmm. the galapagos giant tortoises uh, arrived to reach them uh, in the forest because they live in the misty forest they don't live uh, close to the shore they don't live on the sand they do not come to the sea rarely it happens these are creatures that live in the forest well, you took us from desert and one half hour later, we were in what kind of forest? In the cloud forest. Yeah. Yes, it is, it is amazing because uh, you go on shore and you have, a, let's say, a rocky shore or a white sandy beach. Uh, a few minutes away, the forest is dry. But then higher up, uh, 20 or 15 minutes uh, away, it is a lush green forest uh, full of birds and giant tortoises and everything is green. And with dramatic, dramatic havens from uh, lava tubes. Yes, we have all sorts of geological formation. Uh, remember that uh, the islands are uh, made uh, by volcanic activity, so then lava fields and uh, geological formations are common everywhere. Mm -hmm. And so then we went to uh, a farm that also has a uh, pretty nice restaurant. Yes, and uh, I would say throughout these years we have built uh, an interesting uh, connection with the local people uh, in terms of uh, uh, sourcing and uh, also in terms of uh, enhancing the experience of our guests and in this case uh, they are our uh, friends for several years and they are the ones we trust the ones that uh, prepare the delicious meals besides having the tortoises 
right at the door of the restaurant. So what could be better than that? You are having lunch and you are watching the tortoises moving in slow motion in front of you. But it's a wonderful uh, example of um, sustainable tourism because you're seeing a family uh, protect these animals uh, and, and, and raise awareness by having this facility. Yes, uh, at this point in the Galapagos, things have changed a lot. Um, now we see these animals as a... Now we see these animals as creatures that they have to be protected because there are not too many in the world. They are unique in the world. Uh, most of us know the importance of restoration and it is important to create awareness with the local communities as well. And these people know the importance of these animals and they know that because these creatures are important, we go there. We go and uh, enjoy a walk, we have a meal, we hang out with them. Now, um, we are now at a beach and um, anything that we should know about this place? That were still on Santa Cruz, that this morning you were in the cloud forest and maybe it was uh, drizzling, there was some mud, everything was green and here we're enjoying sunshine and I think some people are going to swim. I know. So what a difference that uh, you can have in the same day, mm -hmm. in just a few hours, you had lunch, you saw the tortoises in the forest and now you are here listening to the beautiful sound of the waves. So JC, we, what are we doing tomorrow? So we're still around Santa Cruz, okay. we're visiting Dragon Hill and well the name can give you some uh, clues, that's because of the dragon-like uh, iguanas, so tomorrow we're going to visit a colony of iguanas and this is a dry forest uh, as well, but what is special is that uh, in this dry forest we have an old volcano that is uh, uh, dusty and uh, sandy which creates a good condition for the iguanas to nest. There are cactuses, there are nesting sites, and there are iguanas, there are land iguanas, some large yellow land iguanas that uh, were actually nearly extinct uh, like three decades ago. But uh, conservation work from the national park has brought them back and they are there today increasing their population. All right, so then the next day, what are we going to do? The next day, we're visiting an island called Bartolome. Uh -huh. And Bartolome is a small one. It happens to be a paradise for the geologist and for the person that uh, would love to see how plants and animals arrive to an island and start off with uh, practically little to eat, little to, uh, uh, to nest, to survive, or little... Or very few conditions uh, for the species to thrive because the island is mostly rock and uh, ash and the landscape is possibly the best one you can get uh, in this itinerary. So I heard there's a chance we might see the penguins. Uh, believe it or not, on these islands that are straddled by the equator, we do have a species of penguins and tomorrow we're in the range of distribution. Bartolome Island, besides being a a paradise for the geologist. Uh, it has a small population of penguins and who knows, could be that tomorrow many of you would be swimming with penguins without wearing a wetsuit. Imagine that. Wow, that warm. Without wearing a wetsuit. Yes, in these waters we do have penguins because otherwise you would have to wear maybe a dry suit uh, far in the south where uh, penguins uh, 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 live. But here is different. Yeah. And then coming up after that, Genovesa Island and Genovesa I think would be the best way to end this expedition in the Galapagos Islands. Why is that? Because uh, the island is uh, first far from the rest of the islands and it is a magnet for seabirds 
and not only a magnet for seabirds but also it is an old volcano that has collapsed and this is uh, a unique experience because the captain will take the ship inside a volcano can you imagine that the captain will steer the ship to the crater and right there will uh, drop anchor and will develop the activities of the day this island has a population of more than 200,000 red-footed boobies possibly 100,000 frigate birds and uh, the usual suspects, uh, sea lions and pelicans and blue-footed boobies. So if you want to see birds in large numbers, Genovesa is the place. So uh, let me ask you this question, which I know is important to you. It's that, I mean, we're going out to over 90,000 travel advisors, and I know it's almost emotional. You want them to understand uh, why Limblad Expeditions is, is so important to you and why it will be important to their clients. It will be important uh, to you and uh, the clients that uh, you send uh, to us because uh, you will, uh, you and them will be part of this uh, ever-growing uh, Lindblad family in which uh, we do the best we can to connect them with these wild places. We have the expertise, we have the people that bring the experience to life in front of your eyes. So let's talk about that crazy moment when, when all the, the blue-footed boobies were feeding at once. Uh, we weren't there looking for uh, the blue-footed boobies at all. We're just taking our zodiacs back to the ship after an amazing wet days with tortoises. And in the middle of our way there, a huge, but I mean... Like how big? Thousands of blue-footed boobies start shooting above us. They start feeding from fish that was underneath our zodiacs, and we were just in the middle of that amazing moment. We couldn't believe it. It was like that Nagio moment. That it was a feeding there. frenzy. It was such an incredible feeding frenzy. Not anyone. It was a spectacular one. But it was it was attack no, after no, attack. No. It was like, <laughs> it's like they, they, they came around and, and, and the first group that ate, they moved away and then the next group moved in. Of course, if you have such a food, you don't waste uh, time. You have to go and grab it. You know, it is difficult for blue footed boobies to grab their food. They have to train. Fish are going to escape from you and they have to uh, see it from above and calculate the angle that they are going to... Um, that they're gonna shoot into the right, water right. and inside the water the fish are trying to escape so they have to be agile and grab the fish with their beak coming out of the water and they, they swallow the whole thing it, it is a process that is a technique that they ha uh, they have to learn and they have to practice and they're good at it but now if, if only one booby was going after the fish it probably wouldn't be as effective well it, sometimes they do it actually no yeah. but I mean this was a crazy uh, it it it, it, it the the amount of splashing disoriented the fish probably with the amount of boobies that were there it's because the amount of fish that were inside underneath that the huge school of fish that probably at the same times is being chased by sharks right so that's when you have freedom frenzy it happens everything underneath and the school of fish cannot go deep because you have big predators pulling uh, all the fish to surface and that's when the all the birds strikes. I hadn't thought about deep down why they had risen to the surface. Uh, otherwise, yeah, of course, you will escape uh, underneath, you know, going deeper where they cannot catch you, but that's where they use the zodiacs to protect themselves from the birds. So the birds have to calculate very closely and we were having birds like in all directions. They were just amazing. One last question. What do you like about working for Lindblad Expeditions? 
Oh, it's my home. Tell me why. <laughs> it's my home. Every time that I'm here, uh, all the crew members, everyone is so friendly, is so respectful. Uh, we, you know, we're happy, happy to be on board. And every time uh, that we have to leave the ship to go back to our real places, yeah, we're happy to see our families, but uh, sad at the same time to leave our other family. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, it is a touch of our hearts. We, we, we really love to be here. You know, it's just uh, sharing with the world, sharing uh, with our clients, uh, but at the same time, knowing that we're doing it in a good way, in a way that we conserve the place, we preserve, we're sharing uh, a good message. We're uh, teaching people not to be afraid of nature, but embrace it, right? That uh, if you really take care of your planet, your planet will take care of you too. But we are in, in this all together and everything is connected. And, and we can see all these um, interactions and people is more aware and they, they want to help, they want to contribute and it's not uh, just about uh, sending money for projects and that does help a lot um, but being aware of what you do back home you know uh, how much you consume how are you using plastic are you recycling and they're really really willing con to contribute and whatever they do back home is really affecting uh, the Galapagos and every other place in the planet. So, you know, touching their hearts in that way is something that it fulfills us completely. What is it about Limblad Expeditions that's different? Oh, where do I start? You know, the truth is that I've been with them uh, for close to two decades, nonstop. And uh, there's this concept of expedition travel. And it's a journey of discovery. We use different tools of explorations and we maximize uh, the experience of our guests everywhere we go. And so I think that is extremely deep because, um, yes, we go to different exotic, beautiful places, but um, to have our experts, and we have uh, an, uh, an array of experts, to have our tools that we can go deeper into having fun, to have knowledge, to have a memorable experience, I think that uh, in itself is the core of expedition travel. In Lindblad, in National Geographic, they do it extremely well. But they also do it with a family feeling, and I think you have a story about that. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, that's why you ask, uh, where do I start? Because the truth is that I've been moved uh, and inspired to work for this company. And one of the strong things that I feel is that, as, as a naturalist, you're influenced. You know, of course, the, the places that we go to. But as a naturalist, you, you have this link, and uh, you will become a big family our clientele, our guests. And I have like an anecdote uh, many years ago, and many, but this one specific happened last night. I was uh, dreaming and I dreamt about this little kid that I met many in the family, but I saw the kid now growing. It's been years. And so I give him a call and send him and he says, oh, I dream about you, I miss you guys. I've been in Mexico because of them and everything. And so uh, they have come here two, twice and they're coming for the third time to the Galapagos. And we've created this bond, this, uh, this family feeling with the family, with this kid. And it's all because uh, of, of Limblad, because of the places we go. So I don't believe it's just us as a family, but I think it's a big Limblad family. Because it's not just them, but many of our visitors come into many exotic places that we go around the world. I hear of the naturalists, you're very passionate, well they're all passionate about sustainability, but 
this is a specific niche that you want to speak about. Tell us, tell our 90,000 travel advisors all about it. Wow. Um, well, I think that sometimes that something that makes us different is our passion, love, and respect for nature. And we want our guests to have uh, a, a pure experience, a, a contact with nature, and not only that, but learn about all of these conservation efforts that we do in the Galapagos. Um, uh, for me, I think, is um, this great opportunity that I have uh, to talk to I mean, you know, you don't know how many people we get here, you know, and, and these are CEOs of important corporations or, or investors, you know, and, and they're willing to listen to what we say. And what we're going to do is like put a little seed of respect, conservation for nature. So when they watch a nature show later, it's like water to the plant. And that hopefully will change the behavior of people. So this is not only a travel experience, but it's also an educational experience. Yeah? And not only for our guests, but for us, because just by interacting with the guests, you know, we also get to learn a lot yeah? and, 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 and stand the knowledge. Well, thank you for talking to us. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah.